I'm starting a new series. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it's titled, The Last Days Are Here. You don't have to, you don't have to be a proponent of the news, but you can't be very far from everything that's happening. You see what's happening in our society. Paul talked about this. He calls it a societal degeneration. You can see that things are different than the way we were raised with the values and the morals and the ethics. People are different today. Sometimes, though, when it begins to get very negative and detrimental in that respect, we tend to forget that Jesus still has all the power. Come on, give him a hand of And we think that God must have left. Where is he? How come he's not around when all this is going on? Well, I'm going to be teaching you that, yes, we're living in the last days. However, God is still in control of everything that happens. Do not, I'm going to teach you this tonight, do not judge in the darkness what God has told you in the light. It doesn't matter what happens. His word is still true, but you cannot adhere to it if you're not making it a part of your daily life. And if you don't instill God's word or God's truth in your heart daily, what's going to happen is you're going to be overcome with fear and Satan will come into your mind with doubt and make you to believe that God is not in control. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to show you in the next six weeks the six things that the Paul, uh, Paul the Apostle talks about so that we can not just abide and survive, but to actually have victory during these end times. The last days are here. They're here now. And I don't want you to get afraid. I don't want you to start asking questions about the mark of the beast and the tribulation and all that. I want you to stick to what the Word of God says and don't come up with a lot of questions unless you read it in the Word of God. Because if Jesus Christ, and I said if so that I can prove a point to you, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then how many know we have no worry or no fear or no concern? Come on. So it's called The Last Days, and I've titled tonight's sermon, You Know My Teaching. The Apostle Paul, after he talks and describes about the last days, he lists six things that he has done, and if you adhere to these principles, you're going to have victory. So if we look at what he says, he says that in his previous letter, Paul warned Timothy about the collapse predicted for the last days, a term which includes the entire period between the first century and Christ's return. Those are the last days. And you know, Peter says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. So they call these the last days. But during this interim, according to the prediction, the world will see terrible times of societal degeneration. And they want attention. They want to be honored. They want to be respected. They want to be promoted. But their degraded minds are actually coming against Christianity like you've never seen before. It's in these last days that the Bible says that people's children will turn them in to the authorities for being Christian. 
So if you are a Christian, you have to be sure that you believe in Jesus Christ. And when you're asked, aren't you a Christian? You step forward, not back. You step forward and say, yes, I am. I am a Christian. So I communicate to you, this is not where God wants us. This is not our home. We're passing through. How many know we're passing through to a place prepared for us in heaven? So this is not our home. So don't be looking to get established here. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5, Paul writes this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Don't we know that? Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them, the apostle says. Have nothing to do with them. I'll say it again. Have nothing to do with them. Thus, a man by the, who gave me just his initials, his name is TC, he said thus, the long catalog of moral enormity developed by the apostasy began with the love of self and ends with the love of pleasure to the utter exclusion, first and last, of the love of God. The love of God is being pushed aside, but not in the child of God. The child of God, no matter how dark it gets, we're going to love our God more and more and more and more. Come on. So we asked the question, how do you make it through these tough times? What does a Christian need to do, male or female, man or woman? What does a Christian need to do to make it, to have victory, to have the authority of the Spirit of God in his life? What, does they, what do they need to do to make it? And the first thing Paul says to us is, you know my teaching. Would you say that with me? Say it again, please. Because sometimes you make me think that you don't know how to read. <laughs> so I do know you know how to read. So let's say it again. That is the first thing that's going to get you through these times. Paul, the apostle, is saying to us, you know my teaching. Let me explain that. In 2 Timothy 3.10, he says, you, however, know all about my teaching. Notice the first words of the scripture. You know. You know. You know. Can that be said about you? Do you know? Do you know the word of God? Do you know what the word of God says about finances, about marriage, about wisdom? Do you know what the word of God says about morals and, and, and ethics and values? Do you know what the word of God says about having love for God? Do you know? And the second question is, what is it that you know? What is it about God's word that you know? I'm surprised when I find out, find out how many people do not know the word of God. And yet you've been in church for years and you just don't have a grasp of the word of God. Why? So the first thing he says is you know my teaching and now I'm asking you what do you know about it? From parchments to books to iPads, we still have the Word of God available to, for us to read. There's nothing 
And there's nowhere you can go where you don't find the Word of God. But a lot of people have their Bibles on the floor of their cars. They have it catching a lot of dust in their homes. It's just not something that's read. But in our society, there's so many things that entertain us. You can actually spend all day on the, on the internet because there's so much information coming at you. We're an information-based society. So where do you find time to read the Word of God? Where do you find time to let God speak to you? Where do you find time to make it a priority in your life? I know you're scrolling, and that's okay. We have the capacity. We're learning a lot of things. Jesus said in the last days, knowledge will increase. There is very little that you cannot find on the internet. But what do you know about the Word of God? And if you don't know the teaching that Paul gave about Jesus Christ, my heart goes out for you because Satan will confuse you. So what do you know about the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know that he is the only God? There is no other God. They put Buddha on, on us. They put Muhammad. They put Allah. These are not gods. These are deities that people make. But do you know, do you know that Jesus Christ is the only God? Okay, there is no other God. And he says, either you are for me or you are against me. Do you know that he's the only savior? There is no other way to make it into heaven. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again to receive you unto myself that you may be with me, that where I am, there you may be also. Give God a hand of praise. So he's the only God, he's the only savior. Do you know that he's the only one who rose from the dead? And you can say to me, well, wait, wait, wait. There's other people in the Bible who rose from the dead, but they died again. Jesus will never die again. He says, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own. He's the only one that could have tattooed on his arm, born to die. Because that's why he came. To die for us leaves us his word. And are we reading it? Are we learning for 41 years, I have been reading the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation every single year. And you learn more and more new, new stuff because you grow in maturity, your mind expands. And when your mind expands to the truth from God's Word, it doesn't shrink back. But just because we have all this information available to us, it's not really beneficial to you. When I look at Google, People say to me, did you see that in, on Google, on the internet? I go, yeah. Well, what did it say? I go, I didn't read it because it's not pertinent to me. They're just headlines. I don't go to every single story in the news, especially if I start to see something there. I go, nah. Or like I go, nah. nah. <laughs> I want truth. I want to be able to bless people. I want to be able to be there to help people. I want to stand up for the truth of God's word. I want people to understand. I want people to draw not closer to Pastor Mike, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know that not only was he the only God, the only savior, the only one who rose from the dead, he is the only one that ascended into heaven. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. 
every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on. That's not said about anyone else. Well, I'm reading the Tao, T-A-O, not T-O-W-E-L. I'm reading the Tao. I'm reading this. I'm reading the Buddhist teachings. For what? As they say in Spanish, ¿y pa qué? Why? Why are you reading that? What's it doing for you? Well, I just want to expand my mind. For what? What is it about you or me that attracts us to things that are not about God? And when you see that happening in your life, know that as I've taught you before, either you are getting closer to the light or you're getting closer to the darkness. And as you're getting closer to the darkness, no one's going to stop you until one day you wake up and find out, how in the world did I get here? It's like being on an inner tube right at the beach as the waves are just lapping and lapping and they rock you to sleep. And then you start just floating out to sea and what wakes you up is a big old ship coming by and you wake up and you know how hard it is on an inner tube to get back to the shore. Never let what this world has rock us to sleep. Come to Jesus, get excited, get enthusiastic about God. Come on. And Timothy, who wrote First and Second Timothy, he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. But what is a disciple? This is what we need to become. Jesus said, go into all the world and make converts and make believers. Go into all the world and make disciples. You and I are to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this, and I'm sorry if it's negative to you. Our judgment here in the United States of America will be much greater than other people in other countries around this world because we have the freedom to be in church, the freedom to read the Bible, and we have so much available to us. Nothing hinders us from having the Bible with us. The word we have translated to be a disciple includes so much that is beyond translation in any single English word. It is a Greek word which literally means to follow alongside. Follow alongside but it is used with a magnificent width of meaning. It means to follow a person physically. That means to stick by him through thick and thin. If our pastor falls, we leave the church. We put it out on TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Look what happened to our pastor. A disciple doesn't do that. A disciple says, even if you fall, I'm still standing by your side. Because the Bible says, though a man falls seven times, seven times he'll get back up. And what is the character quality? The character quality is faithfulness. Being faithful to someone that's teaching you the word of God. It means to follow a person mentally, to attend diligently to his teaching, and fully to understand the meaning of what he says. What was he trying to say to me through all this? And it means to follow a person spiritually, not only to understand what he says, but also to carry out his ideas and be the kind of person he's wishing us to be. 
Because that person, male or female, that is teaching you about Jesus is wanting to get you closer to Jesus. How many know you can get closer to Jesus? Okay. None of us have arrived. I haven't arrived. I don't even know how close I am to God. God doesn't tell me, hey, me and you are close. We're tight. I have no idea. This is why we keep going and going. But there is teaching. No man can teach what he does not know. And therefore, before a man can teach Christ to others, he must know him himself. This is why Paul says, you know. What do you know about Christ? Not about all these other things. What do you know about Christ? That's what's going to get you into heaven. Men, when you die and you're laying there in the casket, two questions will be asked of you when you stand before Jesus Christ or before God the Father to be judged. He will say, what did you do with my son Jesus? And your wife down here is going to say, point to that man in the casket and say, that man... That man was a Christian. And the second question God will ask you is, what did you do with the woman and the children I gave you? And that woman there at your funeral is going to point at you in the casket and say, that man, he loved me. He loved me. What else is there? Oh, he could preach. Oh, he could sing. Oh, he could play the drums. Oh, he was the best mechanic. Does that get you into heaven? No, it's what you know about Jesus. So there is teaching, and no man can teach what he does not know. Real teaching is always born, though, of real experience. There is training. The Christian life does not consist only in knowing something. It consists even more in being something. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am a Christian. Are you saved? Yes, I am saved. I am saved. I am being saved, and I shall be saved. You need to understand that, and I've taught it to you before. We got saved, but we don't know everything, even though we want to go out and win the whole world, and we don't know anything. All of you are getting quiet on me. So after teaching, there needs to be training. You have to be trained how to live as a Christian Who's understanding what pastor's saying tonight? Okay. If somebody next to you didn't raise their hand, would you point at him, please? Thank you very much. Here's the next point. The apostle's task is to tell people the truth and help them live it. Knowing the truth is not going to get you into heaven, lady. Knowing the truth, buddy, is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. Living the truth. I would die for God. God said, I don't want you to die for me. I want you to live for me. Being able to, when you've lost your job, to still be faithful to God. When your spouse walks out, to still believe God can restore your marriage. When you're diagnosed with uh, incurable disease, to believe that God can heal you and will heal you. It's not just knowing, it's believing. It's living it. So it's not just being taught and trying to impress somebody with what you know, but being trained to live as a Christian. And what does that mean to you? How do you live as a Christian? Well, in your home when your spouse gets mad, do you cuss out each other and walk out? I don't need this. Is that how you live as a Christian? Is that everything you learned? If 
you go through some rough times, you say, forget God. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to church. Where's all those other people that are Christians? Where are they tonight? Can you actually, if someone asks you, open the word of God, have you been trained to show them what the word of God says and what it means? I'm talking to you tonight. So this isn't one of those scratch my itching ears sermons. This is you need to get up and you need to grow up. Now give God a hand of praise. So the true leader gives training in living. And how are you being trained to live? Are you being trained to live only for Christ? Our lives exhibit the reality of our inner character. You don't have to say what you are. Your life will show it. The manner in which we live, the decisions we make, the circumstances with which we must contend, all these reveal the beliefs we hold and the priorities we maintain. Pastor Mike has 10 convictions that I've written down. And a long time ago, when Linda and I were going through a rough time in our marriage, I went in the backyard and I started to cry and go, I can't take this anymore. I'm out of here. And you know what God said to me? What is your fourth conviction that you wrote down and that you told me to bless? He said, say it to me. And I said, my marriage is a lifelong commitment to my God and to my spouse. That was my conviction. That's what I would die for. That's what I believed. He told me, now go back inside and live it. You have to have something that no matter what's going on around you, you're still strong. You're still able to stand. You're still able to claim God as your victor and as your provider and as your protector instead of going, nah, I'm out of here. What is it that you actually believe? What priorities do you maintain? You may not understand everything the teacher teaches, but you can clearly recognize when someone is ignorant of their subject and have no idea what they're saying. So in this world, if there is truth, there must also be that which is false. You have a choice. You need to make a decision which one you're going to follow. Either you will adhere and obey the truth or you will observe and follow that which is false. So when you find yourself not being led into heaven, you can't blame anyone. All of us have been given what's called freedom to choose. Someone said to me, but it's not exciting to read the word of God. And I said to them, then ask God to make you excited about the things of God. <clears throat> because if they were lovers of pleasure, and we say, well, reading the Bible doesn't do anything for me. It's not what it's supposed to do for you. It's where it's supposed to take you. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many remember when you were in darkness? How many remember when you were a sinner not living for God? And God called you out of that and brought you into his marvelous light. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
He not only saved you, washed you in his blood, he filled you with his Holy Spirit. He gave you understanding about the word of God and he put you in a country where you can come to church freely and you can read the Bible anywhere you want. Somebody give my God a hand of praise. <clears throat> but the choice is definitely yours. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Apostle Paul states to Timothy, you know all about my teaching. And a man is not going to go through everything this man has and then not be able to say, follow my teaching. <clears throat> I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 28. Listen to him. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the ocean. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've had labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. He suffered as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they questioned Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, do you know that he is arresting Christians, the apostle Paul, and putting them in prison and killing them? Do you know this? And Jesus said, leave him alone. This one will suffer many things for my name's sake. And Paul in Lystra was stoned to death. They left him there and they threw him in the garbage heap where they threw all the garbage in the city. They left him for dead. And he says, I know a man, whether he was in the spirit or out of the spirit, I don't know. But that man went into heaven, the third heaven, and he saw things, there's words, you can't even describe what he saw. What was able for Paul to go through all these things? Because he saw Jesus. He was in heaven. You and I haven't. We haven't seen God. We haven't seen heaven. We've seen the word of God. We have each other. We encourage each other to stay strong to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But he suffered for what he believed in. Why would he keep preaching when he had to go through all those things? Why? He could have said, I didn't buy this. I didn't come in to serve you for this. In 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 8, he says, in fact, in everything we do, we try to show that we are true ministers of God. We have proved ourselves to be what we claim by our wholesome lives and by our understanding of the gospel and by our patience. We have been kind and truly loving and filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. We have been truthful with God's power helping us in all we do. All of the godly man's arsenal, weapons of defense and weapons of attack have been ours. We stand true to the Lord whether others honor us or whether others despise us, whether they criticize us or commend us. We are honest, but they call us liars. That's in the Bible. 
This is what Paul says. His own countrymen, the Jews. Only a person like this can say to his disciples, follow my teaching. If you do, you will make it into heaven in the last days. Give God a hand of praise. So church, suffering, suffering and pain, it's not enough to destroy our faith in Jesus Christ. The, the Bible calls this body a tent. And the tent's getting withered and torn from all the things that's ravaged us. But we don't lose our faith in God. And you know how the world only blesses the pretty people. The pretty people out of Hollywood. Nothing goes wrong for them. Don't believe that lie. And we think because we don't look like that or we don't have what they have that we must not be prospering. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. What more do you want? I said, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. What more do you want? We are not left without hope. In the midst of all that is untrue and changing. We have God's word, which does not change. We have the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. This is who the Apostle Paul is speaking about. We're not talking about someone who is dead, but someone who is alive forevermore. The one Paul teaches about has risen from the dead, and he, and only he, can stand up and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Paul says, when Paul says follow my teaching, he is referring to the one who teaches all of us, and that is Jesus. Our God is not going to forsake us. Our God is not going to change. Let the world in the last days do whatever it's going to do. We're not part of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say to us, renounce the Lord Jesus Christ and you can live. I'm not gonna renounce him. You're not gonna renounce him. Go ahead and do what you gotta do because this body is not gonna be in heaven. It's going into the earth. But my spirit and my soul will be with him forever and forever and forever and forever. And they say, we're going to kill you. You say, you can't kill me. Why not? I'm already dead. What do you mean you're already dead? I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But it is Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Somebody give God a hand of praise in this place. Thank you, Pastor. I'll get right to you. You can be playing. When they know we are followers of Jesus, then they know about how much faith we have in the power of God. So Timothy says, as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know from those from whom you've learned it. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped for the tasks God has for us. Thy word, 
Don't stop, Pastor. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. It's not just on paper. It's not just in my brain. It's in my heart. And I'm able to say, and I want you to be able to say, to the enemy of our souls, bring it on. Because I'm going to show you who Jesus is and how much power he has.